Welcome to Prime Suspects, where we bring you an insider's look behind the counter of Prime Sports. Alongside Joe Brennan Jr. and Adam Bjorn, I'm your host, Matt Landis. Joe and Adam, Happy New Year. I know, as we discussed on previous episodes, no days off on your side of the counter when it comes to the holiday season. So since we last convened as a trio, how have NFL Week 16 and 17 and the college football playoff semifinals been treating you? I think week 16 was one of the best uh, weeks of the season for the NFL. Week 17, a little rougher. Plenty of upsets in the bowls, which was good. There was one day in particular. Again, they all blend into each other. But generally, it was a fairly quiet yet very busy period of time. So from our side of it, as the providers and our dev teams, et cetera, we got to have some downtime, no fires, nothing burnt to the ground. So just again, freshening up this week and getting ready for the new year ahead. And speaking of the year ahead, in a reference that 30 Rock fans will appreciate, let's kick things off with a retreat to move forward, if you will, diving into the latest from inside Prime Sports. Guys, as we look back on 2023, Prime was live for three and a half months in one state, much bigger things on the horizon. But Joe, let's start with you here. What did you take away from 2023 and the life of Prime Sports that can inform your vision for 2024? I think in our our small way, we're proving that the proposition that we had, the model, is working. When you look at the resources that we were able to deploy, we came out of the gate here pretty modestly, you know, other than some industry stuff, relatively little fanfare. And even though, you know, for whatever reason, Ohio still hasn't published their most recent numbers they were due on Friday, we're still waiting for them today. And we continue to move up. We're taking volume. And it's not because we're out there throwing a, a breadcrumb trail of free candy, bonus money, and other things to come bet with us. It's that we're offering really good markets. You're taking a decent-sized bet from anybody who wants to, to take it. And it, we've shown in this very limited way that that model has legs. And I don't think it's something that the bigger brands can say it isn't there or you can't address that market. So, you know, we're hoping that Adam and his team, they've done a really good job of handling those players who've come in. Of course, we've gotten the most aggressive, sharpest guys in the market have found us early on. And Adam and his team have fought them to a standstill. And I think we've averaged what, like three, two and a half, three percent hold so far, Adam, on what we've done in Ohio. And that's pretty good. I mean, it's not the 10% that everybody over there in SGP land seems to want from their players, but you know, we don't have uh, millions of players to contend with yet. We'll see how it goes once we open up in New Jersey. Ohio's a very nice market, but New Jersey is really going to be really be the test of this. But you know, I think we can feel pretty confident in a lot of things, and not only the model and in Adam's team. But also, you know, with, with just a couple of hiccups, uh, the platform, it's our platform. It's done well. Our team has done well in dealing with player problems and we continue to roll on. I couldn't be happier with the way that we launched and started. And I'm really looking forward to 2024. I almost said 2023. going to take me two weeks or so to get used to saying that. All right. Well, we will get there in due time. And Adam, building on Joe's response, I think you've mentioned a few times that really in a few years after a World Cup, you're going to come up for air and give things a deeper assessment. But understanding it has just been a few months. It has just been one state. 
What have you seen so far in the existence of prime sports that helps to inform your vision moving forward? Well, again, the type of players coming in are what we expected. Our goal was always if, you know, if we're holding 3%, that's a pretty good number uh, to start off with. My goal was to break square uh, and then build it from up there. So, so far, again, it's been promising. We've seen and heard a lot more out of the New Jersey people wanting for that, that model to get over there, which again is a lot more established state. And we have a lot more people in that space and then, you know, Pennsylvania, New York, et cetera, that will pick up pretty quickly. So I think it'll surpass what we're doing in Ohio within 30, 60 days once we get up in there. Generally, my thing's been more of, you know, while I'm concentrating on our lane and what we're doing, seeing those October numbers is, you know, what the hell have the other guys been doing for 10 months? You know, I think this ultimately... Some years ago, I think there was 47 brands or something in the U.S. in sports betting across all the states. I don't know what that number is now, but I think it sort of works out maybe 10 to 15 at the end of the day is, you know, of what really is gets established and has a long-term future in the market. But again, I've been pretty vocal on 2026 getting to that point. Who knows how many states I'd like to have anywhere between 8 to 12. I imagine we'll get through this year still with three, maybe four open by the start of the football season. And then just again, building it from there. But so far it's been promising, I think more on the positive side than the negative. But again, it's very, very costly market to be in. The overheads and that for regulated US are high and we've picked some, I think the lower end cost states. It's going to be a challenge, but that's why we're doing it. All right. Well, pivoting from Prime's vision to suspicions of double vision, you could say, getting into our water cooler segment. Joe, a couple weeks ago, you posted on Twitter about NFL officiating, and this is always a hot button issue. But this past week, the controversial calls were taken to a new level during that end game between the Lions and the Cowboys. So I'm wondering if you could expand on your post in the wake of Saturday night's debacle in Dallas, and not really in terms of just what happens on the field but more broadly around some optics that we tend to hear about when it comes to the integrity of the game. It is always funny that the league that acts so high and mighty, the NFL, I would say really has the biggest issues when it comes to, let's just call it quality control between their referee units. If I was a better on the Lions the other night, I would find it hard not to feel like the world was against me or at least the league. <laughs> but you see that reflected. It, there's practically every game you watch, you see. It, it's one thing when you see the refs get something wrong in the moment. But now where it's really egregious is when you see all the reviews, all the slow-mo, the replay that you have on TV, even these goddamn morons that they hire these ex-referees uh, to be their, you know, broadcast consultant on which way they think it's amazing how those guys are weather veins how they'll be like oh the call should definitely go this way before the calls made. and then when it gets reviewed and they still make the wrong call and then that guy has to now become an apologist like oh i could totally understand why up is down and uh, i don't know how the nfl does such a poor job of it and then the, the only way they can protect themselves is nobody can complain about it or they get fined or you know they get penalized by the league it's tough for us because, of course, well, the, not tough for us. I, we didn't have too many people demanding refunds from us or, you know, bad beat refunds or anything like that. But it, it does put pressure on the shops that have, you know, catered to these, you know, you know, tried to exploit these issues 
as marketing opportunities with everything from refunds and things like that. You even see their social media sometimes catering to this. It's a mess. It's in our interest, obviously, and I'm sure Adam could speak better to this, to have really consistent refereeing, really consistent game management and consistent application of the rules. You know, when it's something that we don't have any control over, but we're the ones who are going to field these player complaints about how unfair the market is and it's rigged and this and that, and like, which I always find funny. You know, when you see these conspiracy theories about how it's rigged and the leagues are doing this for the sports books, like far as I know, none of us have got the money, not even Burger King and McDonald's up there at the top end of the market have the kind of money that it would take to influence the leagues or players or anything like that for a particular result. So that's just crazy, but it's nothing that we didn't have before. Before legalization, you still had people who said, oh, it's the bookies at Vegas. It's the, yeah, it's just become more amplified. But I tell you, you see other leagues are making strides, doing better. And that's even with Major League Baseball having Angel Hernandez, who's the worst ref in the history of professional sports, bringing down their average, but they're still better and try harder to get their games right. And they got more games in the NFL. I just don't know what the solution is. And they're terrible at it. They don't seem to be motivated to get better at it. And they don't seem to do anything other than penalize people who are uh, critical of it. So, yeah. All right. I'll give my soap, uh, soapbox back to you guys. Well, I think one thing you touched on there is vexing everybody right now is what's the solution here? And Adam, I think it's far above your pay grade or any of our pay grades collectively to come up with that solution. I don't know. Have you seen Adam's pay grade? <laughs> it's, it's up there. We'll see what it looks like if the hold continues to climb, especially over more and more states as prime continues to grow. But Adam, when it comes to just grappling with the reality of this topic, it is messy and it does have ramifications about how customers want to deal with the book and maybe ask for refunds if that's not something that you're in a position to do. Just all in all, when it comes to something that's so inherently messy like this, what's your approach on the best way to move forward from your position? Yeah, for me, it's a nothing burger. When you're in this business, as long as I've been in it, you've come across everything. And this is refs, this is umpires, this is boxing judges, this is, you know, diving judges, gymnastic judge. It's, it's across the board. You know, some are more egregious than others. But the unfortunate thing as well, as Joe mentioned, is the precedent that these other sports books have done where they've been given money back. And this is a Paddy Power thing from back in the 90s. They were doing these kind of things, paying out things early or turning over. So it's that European model, which was spoken of heavily, that were brought over and then started to give to the recreational Americans that now think that this is something that they're owed rather than special bonuses and things that they're given along the way. I mean, at the end of the day, they are all humans. They're all going to make mistakes. The difference is that now you can magnify everything. You can slow it down to multi milliseconds to get it, you know, for that line and see where the balls are and all these uh, different aspects that you didn't have five, 10, you know, years ago. So the noise is kind of the same. It's been amplified because now there's more evidence and things like that. But, you know, it sort of goes back to the hypocrisy of the leagues, as Joe mentioned against this for so long and then wanting to jump in bed well now they should be getting more of the noise than what the operators are but again the operators have done that precedent of giving people money back when they really shouldn't have and that's you know spread wide as well but you bet enough games you watch enough games across all sports this while the nfl does seem to blow up 
more for that 20 weeks of the year. This is across so many sports to the point where even like the boxing and that have become a point where people have kind of lost complete faith in the boxing judges. Uh, and there's other sports along that way as well, where some states and jurisdictions don't even let you bet or offer some of those sports because once a judge is involved, it's just part of the game. Place a bet, you're going to have injuries, you're going to have ref screw ups, you're going to have bad calls, you're going to have all kinds of things. You know, I saw this morning there was talk of Goodell having the power to overturn the result and whatnot. Should they actually do something that would be as stupid as that to change something that happened on the field, leave it on the field? Then you're going to have all these betters coming back saying, well, the results been changed. We should get paid and all that. On this game, some people won, some people lost. There was people on the other side that got money that they wouldn't have expected to get in that situation as the play was done and whatnot. So it's just part of the game and I'm probably, uh, been in it too long and numb to these kind of things now, but if you're going to play this game, expect the unexpected. And that's what, you know, that's why we put up the numbers and that's why they play the games. Yeah. I saw Jeff Benson, of course, Jeff Benson of Circa was fielding questions about this on Twitter yesterday. And he got that very question. Like what if Roger Goodell did overturn the result of that game? And he was just very forthright and saying like, well, we don't, you know, Circa goes with the original results. We don't, we don't honor overturned games, blah, 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 which I'm sure was mighty unpopular answer. You know, the funny thing is the leagues invited this on themselves back when, before video reviews and mandatory video reviews and looking at the damn iPads on the sidelines to review anything, people just took bad calls as bad calls. So like, oh God, that was a shit call. And they're like, but now to see them. This is an unforced error on the league's part to try and say the technology will help them get it better. And they really haven't gotten it any better. They haven't gotten it any closer. They've just increased the level of frustration. I see that red flag get thrown. They go, they do their video review. We, we see beer and truck commercials. We come back. They're still looking at something that on replay looks pretty apparent that they got the first down or whatever it may be. And then they still get the call wrong. That's when it's really infuriating. And so it'd be better if they actually just reround the clock than to like to Adam's point. It's like, look, that's part of the game, Ben. But he is correct in that. I, I mean, particularly he mentions boxing. Boxing was my first love. It was the first sport I ever did. I wouldn't watch a boxing match if it meant my life right now, simply because you just know it's just bullshit corruption when the, you see guys winning and they have no point in doing it. And you just know that it's not on the level of. People lose faith in that. And then boxing went from being one of the most popular sports in the world. They're like, who watches boxing anymore? Not the general public, that's for sure. Yeah, I think one of the biggest takeaways I have from both of you guys' remarks is that it's important when placing a bet just to expect and pretty much assume that anything is on the table for better or worse. Trying to predict what's going to happen from what the players do to what the officials do can really be an exercise in futility. Let it play out a bet's a bet and accept the result and move on. However, that shakes out for your bankroll. So while it may be an exercise in futility to predict officiating or player performance from game to game, guys, let's wrap up this episode by trying our hand at a couple of other prognostications that should be much more up your alley. Moving on to our look ahead segment, I'll ask each of you for two predictions for 2024. One being a significant prediction for the sports betting industry as a whole. And then second, a prediction for prime sports in particular. So Adam, let's kick it off with you for this question. 
any initial thoughts in terms of a prediction for the industry overall or for prime sports more specifically? I think for the industry overall, again, we'll just see growth. You know, you have these new players in now, ESPN, Fanatics, Bet365 starting to warm up. We've seen for a long time that they were taking an easy land in the weeds. I think potentially they have more impact than both ESPN and Fanatics put together once they get rolling out. But overall, I don't know what states are left or which one's potentially coming online. The unfortunate thing is probably there's more iGaming stuff rolling out. I did see Maryland potentially up their tax rate, which to an insane amount, which can only hurt the industry on both if it's sports betting and iGaming or just iGaming. I think in general, again, we'll see some missteps, but we'll see growth. As for prime sports, I would hope it within the Q1 that they've got two more states open. Both states that, again, we sort of strategically pick to have bordering states to be able to chip into those areas as well. And just trying to build the customer base of being, you know, the, the customer service, the hand-to-hand -hand combat versus the broad advertising to everybody. Hopefully in 12 months' time, we're talking about, you know, being in that sort of top 10 bracket of the different books. I am looking forward to Kentucky with Circa going in there as well. Again, there we just a personal in-between battle of sort of seeing, you know, who picks up what, what the model is, how it goes versus us two versus what the other 25 or something. So again, there's a few things on the horizon that I'm really looking forward to. As I've stated, sort of previous to opening in Ohio and then more recently, I'm planning to get more proactive in whether it's content or just advertising the arbitrages or odds and things like that, which funny enough, going back to the boxing, you know, with the Fury, uh, Usyk fight coming up, you know, that's something that I'm going to push hard and do live betting and things like that, which again, just trying to do some things differently. And then for us, the summer, I mean, Euros and Copa America, which is something, you know, even Circa sort of said, they really don't push the soccer. There's not much business there. We'll get to see, sort of get that preview taste of what 2026 might look like of being able to onboard some of those soccer, football betters and seeing what the U.S. have in that space. Joe, on your end, anything to add to what Adam shared or perhaps take things in a different direction when it comes to predictions for the industry as a whole or prime sports more particularly? And it's something that Adam mentioned, that was the Maryland considering the tax rate in excess of 40%. And that's after being open what, a year? And that's on the heels of Ohio doubling their tax rate after only a year. I think it's not just the number of states that are going to, to continue to legalize, but how good the lobbying effort, illegalization effort is going to have to be. It's really going to have to up its game in order to get lawmakers to draft legislation that is cognizant of, hey, this is what it really takes to run this business to be financially successful and for it to be sustainable and, you know, a reliable source of tax dollars. Uh, you know, Adams mentioned a couple of times in the past about how lawmakers in the early states, a lot of them really got hoodwinked by the industry into allowing companies to deduct promotion costs and things like that in a manner where in the end, tax return that they saw on this isn't what they thought it was going to be. And I think the response that you, you see now is later states are saying like, well, we're going to just throw up a big number right now. And that's because the, the early guys got in there, they thought, oh, we'll make this such a hostile environment for other companies to be able to open up and compete in. We've got all the money. We're backed by public money. 
it, it'll be a way of blocking out competition and eventually the markets will come down. Everything. You saw them try and do that in New York where FanDuel, DraftKings and the others came in and they said, oh yeah, we can absolutely do business in New York profitably at a 51 gross gaming tax. And then a year later, you got them there in Albany saying like, oh, you got to give us 35% or we're not going to be able to be able to run, or we're just going to have to start screwing your citizens with worse odds and things like that. And that's because there's this huge gold rush. Everybody was just eager to open up. The big brands were greedy and just wanted the place to themselves. And they made it hostile for everybody. And they're finding out it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or you're a Republican. In state capitals, nobody minds raising taxes on gambling. It's like the one sector where and even Republicans are okay with raising taxes. You found that out in Ohio. So if there is going to be future markets, they're going to open up California, Texas, places like that, other states. There's got to be a better job done by the industry, not by FanDuel and DraftKings or Fanatics or whomever, but by the industry of getting in there and laying the groundwork for sustainability and for competition, because it's in the interest of these states to not only allow FanDuel and DraftKings and Fanatics and others in, but for the primes of the world to be able to come in. Now that we're coming in with, people are probably starting to see this, we're coming in, we're reduced juice. People get to lay 108 instead of 110. So 20% reduced juice across the board on our main markets. So now not only are we coming for a different player, but we're coming with different economics. That should put pressure on the top end of the market. Why is prime? selling something for eight cents and the big guys are selling it for 10 cents. But if they make the bar, if lawmakers make the bar so high to get into their state, whether it's licensing fees, well, you got to pay $10 million up front for a license, things like that. They're just playing into the big guy's hands. If all they want in their state is McDonald's and Burger King, that's not going to be good for their market. It's clearly not good for their citizens because those guys throw people out or limit people that they're limiting choice. So the industry itself has to do a better job of getting in there and establishing credibility early on. And it's already going to be tough in Texas and California because of the existing gaming interest, or in Texas's case, lack of gaming interest. No, they don't have any interest in having gambling in their state cultural. So in order to do this right and make sure it's sustainable for the next 10, 20 years, lay the groundwork now, take the hit now. Otherwise, government, they can come back and they can add another 10%, 20%, 30% onto your tax burden going forward. And then nobody will be in business. It'll just be the lottery with their, God, I saw some really horrific pricing from the Ohio lottery. Probably shouldn't say that. We're going to get ourselves in trouble with those guys. But consumers aren't responding well to their, you know, laying 130 on NFL sides and totals. That's brutal. If we're to try to wrap this up on a positive note, I'll say that hearing about customer pushback on pricing might be a step in the right direction. Getting people at scale to be more price sensitive could bode well for the sustainability of the industry. And Adam also touched on Prime coming to a couple of new states, putting to the test just how much demand there might be for markets like soccer when we get around to the Euros. So all in all, time will tell how these predictions turn out. But for now, you can bank on us continuing to bring you our best sports betting industry insights on a weekly basis. So as we wrap up this week's conversation, we'll remind everybody of a few things. First off, you can register for Prime Sports at primesports.com. 
download the Prime Sports app, follow Prime Sports on Twitter at Prime Sportsbook, where we welcome you to message us with any questions or segment ideas. You can also follow Joe at Joe Brennan Jr., as well as Adam at Adam Bjorn 2. Links to all of the above are in the show notes. Want to thank everybody for listening this week. Happy New Year to everybody out there, and we will catch you again next week right back here on Prime Suspects. You must be 21 or over to play on Prime Sports. Always bet responsibly and within your limits. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thank you.